0: Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello and welcome to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of hyacinth bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith. With me is William Hanson.
2: Jonathan and I are here because we absolutely love Hyacinth and the world of Keeping Up Appearances. We're het up and hyper on Hyacinth. And we want you to fall in love with it as much as we do.
1: So, by now, you should know how this podcast works. But here's a little reminder. In each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the bouquets. So don't listen any further if you haven't watched the fourth episode of the first series. Remember, Hyacinth always comes first. And as always, William, I'll sort the tea in the Royal Dalton with the hand-printed and goldstone spill it on my rug. And you share with us, please, a brief synopsis of what happens in the charity shop. <laughs>
2: Hyacinth checks that Richard is suitably attired before letting him leave for work and then reminds Elizabeth that today is the day they have volunteered their services in the charity shop. They're about to leave when Hyacinth receives a call from Daisy, telling her that there is a lady in Daddy's bedroom, saying that he has asked her to marry him. Hyacinth decides she ought to call into Daisy's on the way to the shop, Unfortunately, she forgets that she will be going in Elizabeth's car and suddenly realises, to her horror, that this will mean that Elizabeth will see where Daisy and Onslow live. Hyacinth goes to elaborate lengths to avoid this by getting Elizabeth to stop outside a very pleasant house in a smart street and saying that this is where Daisy lives. She then climbs over their rear garden wall and runs to Daisy's real home. (laughs) When she gets back to the car 20 minutes later, they drive on to the charity shop to join up with the eminent Mrs Councillor Nugent. To Hyacinth's horror, Rose turns up and donates some of her clothes, which, as Mrs Nugent is not pleased to discover, turn out to be flimsy articles of underwear totally inappropriate for a charity shop. Yes. Now, this is
1: where we start cooking on gas. Yes. In my opinion, this is the first episode where the absolute brilliance Mm. of Patricia Routledge as Hyacinth Bouquet really comes to the fore. We'll get to that in a bit. Yes. Because it happens a little later in the episode. We start off with the postman scene and the whole, by now we're used to the bucket, it's
2: bouquet line. And this is original postman, but not the postman that we then get for the rest of the series. Who is funnier. Who, Who is much funnier. Yes. Sorry to the first postman. Leo Dolan. Is that the first one? Yes. Oh, sorry. Do you have a
1: regular postman? Because we don't. I have a post lady. Okay. I don't know her name, but she waves to me in her little van when she comes past. Oh, that's nice. Yes. I normally see her. As I arrive home, she's leaving my village, and she always gives me a little wave. Well, it's quite late to deliver mail. Oh, well. No, we don't get our our mail till about half past eleven in the sticks.
2: Oh, dear. I would love a regular post person. Don't you know who yours is? This changes every time. Oh. Wow. Yeah, London. London. Mm. Is that for me? It says bucket on the
3: envelope. It's bouquet. B-U-C-K-E-T. Bouquet.
1: So Hyacinth then has to get Richard ready for work. Yes. Which involves some kind of brush set that she has hanging in her hallway. <laughs>
2: With the world's smallest mirror. <laughs> Which wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to check the spinach in your teeth with that mirror, yet alone your entire outfit.
1: And as she's brushing Richard, she suggests that really it would be much better if he wore a bow tie.
2: Yes, because then he'd look aggressively managerial.
1: Exa- exactly.
2: There's nothing about Richard that's aggressive.
1: She says, Sheridan deserves a father full of executive stress wearing a bow tie.
2: I'm not a bow tie person. You either are or you aren't. Have you ever worn a bow tie? Um, only for a soirée, right? Yeah. Like a dinner jacket. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, a, day- a daytime bow tie. Have you ever worn one? No. No. I think you have to be a bit of a professor or a fertility expert. Yes, I would agree. Richard is neither. He works for the council. Yes, you definitely wouldn't look executively managerial. If you turned up to your day job wearing a bow tie to look aggressively managerial, how do you think your colleagues would react? Uh, they'd laugh. Oh. Openly? Oh, yes. Should we do a bit of an experiment and <laughs> so you can report back? <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK. I can't remember. Last time I wore because I bought a proper one. Oh, good. And I learnt how to tie it. Mm. And now I, I, if you asked me to tie a bow tie now, I wouldn't have a clue. Practice can't,
2: on your leg. That's remember. the best thing. Oh. Yeah. Right, just to tie it round here, just above the knee, or so. just buy a ready-made one. No, 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 don't. Common, yes. Mm. So, I don't want to switch sitcoms here, but there's a there's a lovely bit in Are You Being Served, where Captain Peacock calls over to Mister Humphreys and says, "Mister Humphreys, are you free for a ready-made bow tie?" Mister Humphreys says, "I have never been free for a ready-made bow tie." Oh, and she's also Hyacinth is also back to this sitcom. Hyacinth is also, uh, and I, I think she's got a point here. She insists that Richard leaves the house with his briefcase. But he says, I haven't got anything to carry. But she says, you should always look like you have something to carry. <laughs> and to be fair, this is advice that my, my wonderful father has given me over time. Yes. He used Sorry, to... I'm
1: just pouring myself some more coffee in the hand-painted betterwinkles.
2: Lovely. He, yeah, he, he says that, you know, if you turn up somewhere, especially in a business setting, even if you don't have anything, you should always look as if you're busy. Yes.
3: So sorry I was
1: concentrating on the coffee <laughs> I didn't listen to a word you just said.
3: You know, I wonder sometimes about a bow tie.
1: Wouldn't suit you.
3: <laughs> For you, dear.
1: Oh I never wear bow ties.
3: Well you should. You're still only the deputy in your department. Perhaps if you wore a bow tie, you'd be the chief. So
1: as they go out of the house and Richard is heading off to work, this is a lovely moment mm. where Hyacinth says, Richard, aren't you forgetting something, dear? And he comes back and she wants a little kiss. That's on lovely. the lips. Is it on the lips? It's on the lips. Oh, mm. raunchy. Yes. She obviously, she's watching her husband. She's R- proud. Well, she's proud and she obviously thinks he
2: looks terribly smart. Mm. Wants to give him a little kiss. And actually, from a production point of view, something that happens during that, that little exchange is there's a little bit of music underneath it. Little, yes. the, the theme comes in in, in its way, and, and they dropped that after series one. You don't then get these musical interludes.
1: No, but I quite liked it, actually. Yeah, it And worked. it's nice, because this is what I felt in the first couple of episodes the programme needed. It needed that softer side of Hyacinth Bouquet, because otherwise, yeah. when, when it first starts and she just comes across as being so awful... Mm. You can't understand why anybody would kind of give her any time at all. You can't understand why Richard would stay married to her. Yep. But actually the tenderness that comes out, the fact that he obviously does love her very much.
2: And, and we should also say, you know, I know I know Hyacinth has her faults, but Richard does have quite a nice life. The house is immaculate. It's decorated to a nice standard. May not be everybody's taste. But he, he's not living at Onslow and Dace's. Are
1: you saying you'd like to be married to Hyacinth Bouquet?
2: No, I think Actually
1: I, c- I would. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I mean there would be key elements that, that didn't didn't go on, but <laughs> <laughs> she's probably used to that. <laughs> and it's probably how she prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Elizabeth
1: then appears as after Hyacinth has given Richard a little kiss. Hyacinth appears mm. on the other side of the wall, and Hyacinth reminds Elizabeth that today's the day for the charity shop. Yes. It's their day with Mrs Councillor
2: Nugent. Which, again, from, a, from an etiquette point of view, you never address a counsellor as Mrs Counsellor Nugent. It would be like calling you Mr Radio Presenter Vernon Smith. which oh, I be, like that. Yeah, <laughs> change the jingles. I, it would just be Councillor Nugent.
1: Why would they have used Mrs Councillor Nugent then?
2: I think because it sounds a bit grander, doesn't it? Mm. It's it's sort of maybe they did it for comedic purposes, but also maybe it was a conscious choice on Roy Clark to show that you know Hyacinth, for all her bluff, it is just that, and actually she doesn't really know.
1: So Hyacinth appears this time wearing a hideous pink outfit, again looking a little bit queen mothery.
2: Yes, but it, it, it's the most unflattering dress that they put her in. Mm. But maybe it needed to be for what then comes. That's right. But it's not. It's not. She actually normally looks a bit over the top, but it's quite well fitted and, and works. But but this is a tent on poor Patricia.
1: Um, and as she appears at the front door, to her horror, Elizabeth hasn't brought the car round to the drive. Elizabeth's sitting in her own drive, <laughs> and she says, "Oh, you haven't brought the car round." Make it quite clear that's what she expects. Mm. And at that moment, as as Elizabeth is realising that she does need to move the car next door, the phone rings. <laughs> And there's a lovely moment where Hyacinth is convinced it must be Sheridan phoning his mummy. Coming, Sheridan! She says, <laughs> trying to get her key back in the door. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh, but it's not
2: Sheridan. Alas.
3: It's,
1: it's news of Daddy. Again. Oh, Daddy.
2: Every episode, there's well, every episode in Series 1, there's a Daddy issue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Eventually, Daddy calms down a bit. <laughs>
3: Um... Oh, it's you, Daisy. (laughs) I was expecting Sheridan. He rings me incessantly. (laughs) Daddy? Daddy's moved what into his room? (laughs) Just stay there, I'm coming.
1: So there's a problem with Daddy and Hyacinth realises she's going to have to go and sort it all out. So she comes back out of the house and informs Liz that they must go off to sort out this problem with Daddy, and then it strikes her. Oh, no. This means Elizabeth's going to see the squalor the rest of my family live in.
2: But I actually think if, if Hyacinth either had realised that but thought, or oh, whatever, it doesn't matter, that might have almost endeared Hyacinth to Elizabeth more. I think if, if they had, she might have gone, OK, I'm beginning to get it now, rather than whatever then happens where she, she just picks... She goes, oh, we're getting quite close. Yes. In fact, we're very close. Yes. Uh, In fact, it's here. Yeah. And then this is where,
1: when they've arrived at this road where Hyacinth has decided she's going to dupe Elizabeth into believing Onslow and Daisy live.
2: In a nicer house.
1: Huge, lovely house. Than Hyacinth. So she gets out of the car. And then this is, I think, the funniest moment that has occurred in the programme thus far, because she then has to break and enter (laughs) a garden wearing this awful hideous pink outfit and her black shoes... And she has to break and enter into this garden and then climb over a wall in order to make her way to the council estate
2: where Onslow and Daisy really live. Which is in quite close proximity to this nice street. It does.
1: Poor old Elizabeth. She's waiting for ages in the car. But it is so funny when she's trying to scale that wall. And this is where Patricia Routledge, her physical comedy Mm. is just utterly brilliant. And I can't see anybody else having played that role
2: no. as brilliantly as she did. It would be... To, to think of somebody else doing Hyacinth, and maybe I'm sure in, in another episode we'll, we'll talk about it. I don't know if you've ever seen on, on YouTube, there are clips, amateur productions, of Keeping Up Appearances that, that in Australia they've done, and, you know, good on them for doing it and, and, and giving it a new life on stage, but it's, it's not the same.
3: Now, you stay there, Elizabeth, and don't move. Oh, all right. I won't invite you in in case Daddy's contracted something unsightly. <laughs> but with my regards to Daisy. Hmm? Oh, I will. Yes. Yes, thank you. I will. <laughs>
1: so Hyacinth has to climb over the wall, mm. dressed in this hilarious outfit, which you were mentioning earlier. I mean, I think the outfit makes it even funnier with the pink hat. <laughs> Because there's that moment when she comes back. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But her when her head pops over the wall, it's just it's just so funny. She's just such a clown. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So she makes her way finally down a, a, a variety of alleyways,
2: into knocking into passers by.
1: When she then gets to Onslow and Daisy's house. Mm.
2: And there she goes to confront this woman that has penetrated Daddy's bedroom. Played by
1: the wonderful Gretchen Franklin. Now, Gretchen Franklin used to be in the uh, British
2: popular soap. EastEnders. And a soap, for those that don't know, it's a recurring uh, recurring programme. It's on, it's on several times a week.
1: And she played an old lady in EastEnders called Ethel, and Ethel had a dog, a little pug, called Willie. Mm. And Ethel's little Willie used to make an appearance a lot, and one cold winter she even knitted Willie a Willie Warmer. Oh, that's nice of her. And, in fact, Gretchen Franklin, mm. when I was at university and lived in London... My flatmate, she used to be Gretchen Franklin's carer. Oh. She used to go off of an afternoon and go and have afternoon tea with Gretchen Franklin. Look was, was
2: Gretchen still working? Oh, well, I don't think so. She was I, very, very old by that right, point. Because okay. I do remember, I briefly, for about a year, used to watch EastEnders with my mother as a child... And I do remember Ethel, and I think I watched Ethel's death on the programme.
1: Oh, really? Mm. Well, she worked. I mean, the reason I think she got a lot of work was because she worked into her old age, mm. and she was a great old lady. And there, and this character she plays in Keeping Up Appearances, he offered me marriage. <laughs> I mean, she was just hilarious, wasn't she?
2: Yeah, she she doesn't have many lines, and and the lines she has are fairly repetitious, but but it works. She
1: died age ninety four. Wow. And I think... Oh, that's right, she lived, she lived in Barnes. That's nice. right, cos I live not okay. too far from Barnes. OK, yeah. But I think she was working right up in, into her 90s. Good on her.
3: Yeah. I have been consulted in this matter and it has been decided that you can't stay here. He offered me marriage. Daddy has not been well. I've got witnesses. Daddy is sometimes not altogether logical. He offered me marriage. (laughs) Look, you cannot take advantage of an ailing old man. He took advantage of me.
1: So, Gretchen Franklin is in Daddy's bedroom, and Hyacinth
2: is trying to work out how she's going to get rid of this old lady. She extracts the information of uh, Gretchen Franklin's son. That's right. Or the character's son. I don't think. Does the character have a name? Oh, Mr. Duxbury. Yeah, so this is. Mrs Duxbury, I assume. Mrs Duxbury,
1: yes. Yes. so she says she's going to have to go and confront the son and get the son to take his mother home because his mother seems to have moved in with Onslow and Daisy and into Daddy's bedroom. So she goes off to find Mr Duxbury and when she finds Mr Duxbury... And when she's climbed back over the wall. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. She's had to come... So having decided that she wants to go and find Mr Duxbury, she then has to make her way...
2: Back to the car where poor mm. Elizabeth is waiting in this nice room. And this was in the days before iPhones, where oh. you could entertain yourself. She hasn't got anything to do.
1: But Elizabeth's been uh, keeping herself occupied in the metro, reading a newspaper article on sex.
2: Oh, is it on sex? Yes. Oh, I did pick that up. Yes. She's reading an article about sex. Well, her husband lives in the Far East, so <laughs>
1: she's got to, all she's got to do is read about it. So she Hyacinth makes her way back, and that's when we see the head appear over the wall as she then clambers over. And I think also the fact that handbag the comes handbag also. comes over, <laughs> this kind of Margaret Thatcher-type handbag, Margaret Thatcher, former Prime Minister in the UK. Yes, yeah, you may have heard of her. She clambers down and then escapes from this garden that she's broken into. And reappears, bending down, (laughs) and straightens herself up as she goes down the driveway, (laughs) uh, pretending... Trying to look normal. Exactly. And the poor couple that live in this house, they've been watching her (laughs) through the window... They've seen this random woman climbing over their garden
2: wall. Probably very confused because she does look fairly respectable in the grand scheme of things. Well, <laughs> I mean <yes. laughs> She's a middle-aged woman looking you know, she's got a hat and a nice handbag. She's not looking like a like a chav. So Hyacinth then
1: tells Elizabeth they must go off and look for Mr. Duxbury. On some charitable purposes. That's right. And she finds Mr. Duxbury stealing televisions. Yes. He's up to no good, he knows it. Yeah. And she tells Mr. Duxbury that um, he's got to get rid of his mother from the house within the hour. You wouldn't mess with her, would you?
2: No, you wouldn't at all. Oh, the doorbell's gone.
3: Oh,
1: I'd
2: better get that. It might be the vicar. We'll be back momentarily.
4: Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray five-in-one only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals
0: on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: Talking about Keeping Up Appearances, Series 1, Episode 4, The Charity Shop. And indeed, Hyacinth and Elizabeth have now arrived at the said charity shop.
1: And this is where we meet Mrs
2: Counselor Nugent. And she becomes a recurring character throughout the series. This is her, her debut, uh, played by Charmin May. Charmin May? Yes. Well,
1: I didn't know her name... But she always used to play the same kind of character. I saw her in a few programmes. Yes, she might have been into The
2: Man of Bourne as well.
1: Very possibly. She always played
2: a very stern, terrifying old lady, bit of an old battle axe type character. Yes. Who almost in many ways is, is sort of probably the only character that we see in the series that's sort of a match for Hyacinth in terms of being a forceful woman. (laughs) Because all the other women that we normally get, the Elizabeth, Daisy, Rose, Violet, the women that we see on the street, they're kind of, not pushovers, but they're not necessarily as strong as Hyacinth.
1: And there's a lovely moment when when we go to the charity shop and Hyacinth puts her handbag, the Margaret Thatcher-type handbag, down on the side and Mrs Councillor Nugent prices up the handbag.
2: <laughs> Which Hyacinth doesn't really realise until Elizabeth points out. No, absolutely. Have you ever been to a charity shop? Well, I've been to a charity shop with you! Of course you have, when we went shopping for Hyacinth's outfit. And this feels like a good moment to just point out to our listeners that on my left hand is one of the, well, the original scarecrow that you and I made. It is Hyacinth. Would you like me to take a photo of you? Yes. Sitting with Hyacinth.
1: Although I have to be honest, Hyacinth has been living in my, in my attic for some time and she seems to have developed a rather wonky cleavage. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh,
3: dear.
2: I love, I love the piece of straw we've got coming out of her handbag. <clears throat> oh, yes. Country. Very country.
1: So, yes, we went shopping at a variety of uh, of charity shops in Hemel Hempstead mm. to find the perfect attire for Hyacinth. And there she is. And I think we got it pretty spot on.
2: Very spot on. We've got a lovely sort of blue and lilac flowery dress, nice string of pearls, nice gloves, handbag. Did we and... get the gloves from the charity shop as well? I think we might have done. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember that. I'm sure we did. Yeah, we must they have They were certainly been. there that first year. and uh, And, of course, the key... Item of clothing.
1: The beige peep toe sling bags. And um, I had a little look. I'd left the price on the bottom. Had of you? those. Yes. How much did we pay? Take Hyacinth's shoe off. Just left, or, left or right? cool it doesn't matter. I think, I don't know if the price is on both. Go on, you, you, know, you know I love a beige peep toe sling bag.
2: <laughs> you went to the middle of a dual carriageway to find them. Is the price on there? There we go. Yes. Six ninety nine. 99 We
1: spent 6 <laughs> Sure. Gorgeous <laughs> Yes So that was a fun day wasn't it It was a fun day And
2: other than that I mean I, I donate a lot to charity shops oh. So I go in to drop off I get, and I, But I don't go back if they don't say thank you Oh, I get very irritated Oxfam are particularly bad at this Oh, <laughs> Gosh You go in You drop off You say Oh hello I have some donations for you Where would you like me to put them And, and, and this particular charity shop uh, That I now don't go in Go uh, Yeah just there and you sort of look at them and go, do you want to say thank you? So I get I get annoyed with that and then I find a new charity shop. Right.
3: Mrs Councillor Nugent, so sorry we're late. Just a little family hiccup. This is my neighbour, Mrs Elizabeth Warden. You'll remember Elizabeth. She's almost always at my candlelight suppers.
1: So they're there in the charity shop, Hyacinth, Elizabeth and Mrs Councilor Nugent, and Hyacinth sees Rose arriving, looking outrageously Mm. skimpy, as always. So she darts out of the shop and grabs the bag off Rose and says, don't worry, I'll take it in, because she can't bear the embarrassment of Rose coming into the charity shop. And acting as if she knows. Which she does. Exactly. So she insists, even though Rose is talking about her love life again and it's not going well, Rose's love life's never going well. She takes the bag off. But then there's another lovely tender moment where she says, Rose, come here. And she
2: kisses her sister on the cheek. Which is, again, I think that's the only, only time we see something like that between those two characters. Mm. And it's, it's nice. This is quite a kissy episode.
1: When she goes back into the charity shop with this bag, to her horror, she sees that it's full of lacy, sexy underwear. She should have had a quick peek before she opened it. <laughs> yes, but for some reason, she still obviously leaves it in the shop, doesn't she? She didn't take it with her. Yes. We'll come to that a, la-
2: a little later, because uh, that, that underwear reappears. It does, in in one way or the other. And Mrs. Mrs Nugent really not realising when she's in discussion with Elizabeth about sex. Probably, maybe Elizabeth had brought up what she'd learnt in that newspaper article. Probably. That, she, and she says, too, far too much of it about our forefathers coped without, well, you know, they didn't. <laughs> Mrs Nugent showing a, a lapse in common sense there.
3: Too much of it goes on. Well, I must say, I've never felt overwhelmed by it. <laughs> Just a little charitable gift from a well-wisher. Our forefathers managed. They practically went through their entire lives without any interest in the opposite sex.
1: We then go to Onslow and Daisy's house, where Onslow and Mr Duxbury Mm. are pushing Gretchen Franklin backwards and forwards between the two of them, arguing over whether she's going to stay in their house
2: or not. Yes, and uh, it's it's a funny moment. It's a nice physical comedy moment that doesn't involve Patricia Routledge, which, again, is unusual uh, for this series. That's right. But
1: Hyacinth then appears at the house and they all decide to go inside and
2: resolve this issue inside because it's very embarrassing in front of the neighbours. And, and somehow Rose then clocks Mr Duxbury and decides that he is the new... He's going to replace Mr Blenkinsop. Yes. She has very low standards does Rose because Mr Duxbury,
1: he's not a hottie.
2: No. There's someone for everyone in life and, and that's someone Rose will have had. But when they're inside... Who arrives
1: outside? Who has to walk past the dog? But Missus Counsellor Nugent. She's returned with a bag of Rose's underwear that she thinks is disgusting, and she does not want it in her shop.
2: And she knows it's Rose's underwear because Rose has left a poll tax demand. That's right, the, which somehow dates this episode a bit. It
1: does. I thought the poll. Well, it,
2: do we? No, we don't have poll tax anymore. We do don't we? have poll tax. No.
1: no, but I'm not sure we had poll tax then either.
2: Well, this was 1991. Oh, no, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. so we did. It was introduced by uh, Margaret Thatcher, who we mentioned earlier. She she of the handbags. It was. (laughs) How beautifully this podcast ties together. It wasn't a popular tax. No.
1: And this is a lovely moment where Hyacinth realises that Mrs Councillor Nugent is at the front door. Um, Mrs Councillor Nugent thankfully hasn't seen Hyacinth, so Hyacinth shuts the front door. (laughs) Oh, there's a lovely moment as well when Mrs Councillor Nugent knocks on the letterbox. The letterbox comes off in her hand. Does what the gate does. It's just lovely. The whole house falls to pieces. That little moment. So Hyacinth decides she's going to have to pretend Mm. she's a foreigner. So she appears at the letterbox and says...
3: What is it you (laughs) want? I am a foreigner in your country.
2: (laughs) Spelling it out. (laughs) (laughs) for Mrs. Nugent. What accent do you think that is? I'm not quite sure. (laughs)
1: Bulgarian? Standard foreigner. (laughs) Yeah. So she says uh, she really doesn't want to open the front door, so she suggests that Mrs. Councillor Nugent can push the underwear (laughs) through the letterbox, (laughs) and Mrs. Councillor Nugent says, you can push most of it through the keyhole. Great line. Lovely. Lovely. Descriptive line. That's right. And then this, this episode, well, it builds towards a finish because Rose then seems to want to marry Mr Duxbury.
2: Yes, having met him ten minutes ago. That's right.
1: So Mr Duxbury's terrified and decides he's going to leave, do a runner quickly. Then Hyacinth goes and on the way she says she's going back to the charity shop and casually mentions, because she's (laughs) appalled at Onslow's appearance that he hasn't got a shirt on, that they sell shirts at bargain prices. Giveaway prices. Giveaway prices, at which point for some reason Onslow says, well, I'll come with you. So he gets in the front of the car, Hyacinth gets in the
2: back. Very rare to see her get in the back of her own car. And that's where it ends. But I th- I actually think, we've talked about some of the previous episodes, maybe not ending quite as, sort of, it doesn't tie it all to, it maybe ends on slightly a weak moment. Yeah. But I actually think this is almost probably the first episode we've had so far in Series 1, that, that actually it closes on a, on a good, powerful moment, uh, with, with Hyacinth sort of horror at the fact that her she's been hoisted by her own batard yes but
1: i think it's only funny because of her face when she gets in the car if it wasn't for how brilliant patricia routledge was playing hyacinth Mm. getting in the back of the car and her her horror that not only has she got onzo in the car but she's now been put in the in the back of the car like a child (laughs) i'm not sure it would have been quite so funny the ending
2: well maybe not but again, it, but, but well done, writer. Well done, cast for for giving it that nice, nice ending. You liked it. That's the main nice thing. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Right? shall we see how much we were watching? Oh yes, let's. Right. What question do we have today? Competition time. Play along at home. Oh. Okay. Well, I I won't get to this question, but our producer has written this question. What is the headline on Elizabeth's newspaper? Oh. And it's about sex. That's all I know. I'll be fascinated to know the answer. I'm not even going to attempt to write anything down.
1: Oh, it's something about women, women and sex. Women liking sex. Something along those lines, but I can't remember exactly. OK, Ben. What was it? Let's tell have us the, the, the big
2: reveal. Can a woman be too good in bed? There you go. <laughs> wow. Answers Dirty on, Elizabeth. Answers on the back of a postcard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So if you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now hear William and I chat through every single episode of Series 1 right now. You know how to find the next episode as you've done so well to find us here. But we do need your help. To let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast, if you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial, giving them a call, and instructing them to join us, where we'd be terribly grateful. We're off to the charity shop. (laughs) 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 Bye-bye.